0: Uh, welcome to episode 21 of Table Talks, our virtual cafe series where we encourage each other by sharing stories of overcoming hardship. Today, I'm your host, Kevin, and today we have our guest, Young, joining us at our virtual cafe. Welcome. Thank you. How's, how's it going? How's everything? Things
1: are going well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Perfect.
0: Uh, thanks for joining us today um, on our virtual cafe. So, we always begin with uh, just showing, uh, since it's our virtual cafe, since we can't meet during COVID um more or less uh we have our drinks here um so do you have anything you like to share so so i see that's quite um the mug uh <laughs> so i think you were saying this before previously circus this Olay.
1: circus Olay. it's uh yes, it's a show that uh, my wife and i kathy and i just love to go we've gone the last three years unfortunately due to the covid19 i've heard they've shut down uh, but Perfect. this is just a Wow. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's one of the businesses that have shut down permanently because uh, they just uh, weren't attracting people or people aren't coming out anymore. So, but mm. uh, it's, a, it's a great show. It's a huge mug. Uh, and I enjoy, I'm not a coffee drinker. I enjoy a nice cup of tea. And so we have mm. our tea in this, in this mug.
0: Okay, perfect. Well, for myself, um, I have, I'm have. i more in the festive mood. So I have this uh, little snowflakes here. Uh, you know, can never uh, be too early for Christmas. But um yeah, I'm just having myself a matcha latte with uh, a little touch of honey. I like to begin myself with a little, um, I like coffee, um, but I like how matcha gives you like a smooth, uh, level, constant level of, uh, it has caffeine in it still, but it's like a lot smoother spike of getting that energy. Coffee is a lot more up and then <laughs> come down. So, sure. so um,
1: So can you just tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh, I'm a financial advisor um, with the company, Edward Jones. I've been with the company for about 24 years. Mm -hmm. So I work with a group of clients and I try to help them reach their financial goals, their retirement goals, and help with uh, estate planning as well, too. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. uh, It's a great great career uh, where Mm -hmm. I can really help people. Uh, It's an area that everyone needs, I think, a lot of support in. Okay, and
0: what originally drove you to, um, I guess, finance? Did you have, like, do you do this, like, numbers, or does you just find that helping aspect is the biggest
1: thing? You know, I had probably three career goals when I was younger, and and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them was also driven by movies I would watch periodically. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if you if you know, I'm, I'm of the age where I watch Top Gun yeah, I watched, with yeah. Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be a fighter pilot, but uh, <laughs> I realized that's not, realistic. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've watched, I remember years ago, there was a movie about businesses and one was called Wall Street. Uh, now it showed a negative aspect of that business, but as I looked into it, I realized, well, at that point they were called stock stockbrokers. Uh, and it really looked exciting in terms of being able to invest and grow your wealth. Uh, but now it's kind of evolved. Uh, it's not just about brokering stocks and trying to help people buy this stock and buy that stock. But uh, one of the reasons we've changed their title from stock broker to financial advisor or investment advisor uh, is because we've evolved where we're not just choosing stocks, but helping people holistically, okay. understanding, understanding their, you know, what are your objectives? You know, what, what does a comfortable retirement look like to you and helping mm-hmm. them to draw that picture and then making sure that we have something in place for them, mm-hmm. solutions and guidelines to help them reach their goals.
0: Oh, that's amazing. sounds like there's been like a real, like a uh not revolution, but evolution of, um, yes. I guess, the perspective of uh, um, at least finances these days and what it means to people. That's very interesting. Um, so thank you for taking the time with us today. Um, so um, as you know, or as some of our repeating audience knows, uh, we share stories of either um, encouragement or coming over hardship. So I was just wondering if uh, if you had a story for us today um, you're just able to share um, for our audience here.
1: Uh- specifically related to in terms of um how i live my life each other philosophy or is there anything specific related
0: uh, that can be uh mostly uh up to you it could just be uh, so during covid we just want to um the goal is mostly encouragement um so sometimes our guest talks about um either a hard situation that they found themselves in but uh, at the other side of that um trial or hardship they're able to overcome or grow in a certain way that they either weren't expecting I sure. think um, those methods of encouragement really help, um, at least with um, COVID, to show that there is still hope out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, um, yeah. So thanks for uh, clarifying that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if I can start, the, really, my I guess it's overall my my life philosophy that helps me overcome uh, these type of environments and circumstances, mm-hmm. and it really relates to how faith plays in my life and and the faith in terms of uh, my uh, belief in who God is, uh, the fact that God loves me, uh, that he's called me for a purpose. Uh, and this really brought home to me in terms of having an outlook from God's point of view. When I was about 17, 16, 17 years old, uh, I went through a pretty big crisis in my life. Um, as, uh, my background is Korean, just so that, uh, if, if, if in case you're wondering. Okay. And as a typical Korean family, my parents came when they immigrated here, bought a variety store. And uh, it wasn't called Kim's Convenience, like the show that you're used to watching. <laughs> that's what uh, al- familiar with, yeah. Although, by the way, that's what they're, most people are familiar with. Uh, and I've known Ince, the, the writer and producer of that show for years. Uh, and what's interesting is Ince's parents did not own a variety store. So I don't know where he came up with that idea. So our parents <laughs> ran a Kim's Variety. And one of the things that uh, we have to unfortunately deal with when you own a convenience or a variety store is robbery and theft. And sometimes they happen in broad daylight while you're watching the store. Someone comes in, unfortunately, and they've got a knife or a gun. Sometimes we end up opening up the store and find out overnight someone had broken in. And that was just part of our reality of owning a a variety store. And I remember specifically at one time when um, I was supposed to watch the store, but I had an exam that day. So my mother ended up taking another shift and uh, she was robbed uh, at gunpoint um, with the gun just literally pointed right in her face. And I remember the anger and the frustration that I went through. And I remember also questioning, you know, um, God, why would you let this happen? And uh again, and you know, we love you, you love us, why would you let something like this happen in our lives? I don't get it. And I remember being challenged uh by a pastor one time where you know he said, you know, how easy is it for you to give thanks to God when things go well for you? And he was addressing a high school group. So it was like, sure You can thank God when you make the football team. You can thank God when you are writing exams and do well in those exams. But then what makes you really different in terms of being a child of God? uh, Are you able to give thanks even in the most difficult moments? And it was at that time where there was a passage that was brought to my attention, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, for those of you who are familiar with the Bible. Mm -hmm. And that passage stated, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I remember thinking, you know, I need to take that into consideration and not just read Bible for religious purpose, but really start applying it. Mm -hmm. And so I took that passage and I made a commitment to make that passage, giving thanks in all circumstances, my overall life philosophy. And I remember the next time the store got robbed, uh, rather than swearing and cursing and wanting the worst thing to happen to that individual who robbed our store again. In this case, it was actually three people we found out later on. I did something different at that time. And I literally fell on my knees and I said, here, I'm gonna do something different this time, God. Instead of cursing and, and screaming and, and wanting to beat that person up, I'm gonna to try to give thanks to you and uh, you need to do something in my life. And so I started giving thanks and I was thinking of reasons to give thanks. And the reasons that started popping up in my mind were this time the store was robbed overnight. So there was nobody. If my mother was, stopped, was robbed at gunpoint again, I really think she would have had a heart attack, if not worse. Mm. Secondly, I thank God that I wasn't there, or my brother wasn't there, because if we were, I think one or both of us would have done something really stupid, and that is to fight the burglar um, if they had the gun in hand. And they, we calculated that they had only stolen about just over $1,000 worth of merchandise, and we still had other produce to sell, so we were able to still operate that day. And what's really strange was that that moment when I started giving thanks There was this peace that really surpassed understanding that just came into my heart. It was really strange. It's something I've never experienced before. And what came out from that time also was that not only did I I start giving thanks for all the right reasons, I started praying for these burglars and robbers, not knowing who they were. And my prayers changed to, Lord, if these were people that were really in need of these money or the products to help them support, I pray that you will bless them. I pray that they will make good use of them, that they're not using it for drugs or anything else, but that it will support them. Uh, We had insurance as well, too. And so that really changed my heart, and that's been my life philosophy, and that is to give thanks in all circumstances. And that has guided me throughout my life, through university, through my marriage, through my career, all the ups and downs that we experience. And even during this COVID-19 times, looking for you know, reasons to give thanks. And I know it's a really difficult time, especially for those. If any of you are watching and you had somebody that passed away that was close to you, you know, my condolences and my heartfelt sympathy for you. But at, at this time, just learning to continue to follow through with that life, you know, philosophy that God had really implanted in my life when I was at a young age. Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks for sharing, uh, well, no, That's really powerful, especially um, during these times. I guess just like, just from us being, I guess, and us being human and like consistency being such, especially in our generation, such, um, so difficult to have throughout. So people would make these sweeping like revelations in their life, but you can often like find people always defaulting back. So for yourself, like, did you find any, um, like, times like after this or through all your life, you find like it was difficult to, I guess, like work up this, I guess, have your, your, um, your philosophy in the forefront and like Christ in the forefront of your mind all the time? Like, how do you maintain yeah. yourself through? Um... Yeah,
1: so please don't misunderstand. I'm not this person where something, you know, boom, hits my face and I'm like, la, 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 everything is fine, give thanks. No, no, I, I have my moments. You know, I do have moments where I doubt. I have my moments where I get frustrated and angry. I get impatient with people at times. Mm-hmm. You know, I have those moments. Uh, and, and I think, you know what? God accepts that. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not expecting you to be this perfect saint where, you know, you know, slap me on the face and I turn my cheek and say slap me again. I, you know, if someone slaps me, I get angry and I get defensive. That's just natural. Mm-hmm. But, it's uh, you know, after I let my you know, natural responses sometimes come out, it's not always you know, in the best way. It's because of that particular passage in my mind, I'm able to step back. And sometimes my anger and frustration and doubt may last one hour. It may last one whole week. Uh, but it's that constant reminder that moments like that, I do try to take a step back to reflect. And one of the things I would do is try to put myself out of that uh, situation. Let's say, for example, I'm at work uh, and and, um, when I was in corporate, now I have my own branch office that I've managed, but when I was in corporate, you know, a lot of, you know, bad corporate talks, a lot of gossips, a lot of backstabbings occur. And that's happened to me. I've also witnessed that happen to other people, unfortunately, the bureaucracies and all of that. And so I get into the moment at times and and I get frustrated and angry. And what I would tend to do is I would try to find a place where I can just kind of be alone. I'm an introvert. I need time away from people a lot of times. And so whether it's finding an office space on my own that can just close my door, whether it's coming home and just coming into the bedroom and just sitting back, it's just, again, making a conscious decision to not let my emotions get the best of me, but Um, I've made it also a habit to detach myself and just take some time to reflect. And sometimes even if it's on the car ride home, uh, I don't put on any music. I don't listen to news. It's just in that moment of silence, just kind of reflecting. And as I reflect, I just find that that particular verse comes back. And there are other verses I've taken in. So that's the verse that I've really adapted into my life since I was 16, 17. And since then, God's also given me other verses that have helped me along. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just making a conscious decision to put yourself out of that environment and then just taking some time to do uh, a reflection to pray and to meditate and that helps me to kind of settle things down Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes you know it works immediately and sometimes it takes a few more days after that but just constantly just praying and just reflecting
0: okay I guess um, for like people, I guess, such as me, I think um, I kind of waver on sort of like introvert as a young, I grew up as a gamer, so I played a lot of games as a kid. But like when I, um, at least with COVID, um, one of the things I, I personally, I would rely on for, I guess, like those type of situations, a lot like accountability from community. I was just wondering if you had like any um, insight for like those of us who um, do you also being, you can say heavily or um, somewhat in our community to ha- help us to have that accountability if we find ourselves not being able to remove ourselves. What are yeah. some of the things um, you think a person could do in time of COVID that could allow to either like facilitate this or um, kind of help them with, um, I guess, give thanks? Because like for myself, I give a thanks for um, like for myself being Christian as well. I see uh, Christ do a lot of things through other people for me. And that's where I see him do most of his work. But with COVID, it's really hard to see on like the everyday little things that he works on when you're stuck in a 4 by 4 box.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's so important, Kevin. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think it was the poet John Dunn that, you know, said no man is an island unto himself. Mm-hmm. And he wrote that at a time when he was actually dying from an illness back then that couldn't be cured. And he recognized that in, in, many, ass, uh, in many facets, he was not alone in, in all of this. And that there were uh, chains of community people that were around him, supporting him, loving him, praying for him. And also there were individuals who were suffering through the same illness as he was. And that's when he penned that uh, that phrase. And so we need to recognize as much of an interior as I am, I know that I do need a community around me. And sometimes it is for accountability. Sometimes it's for encouragement and edification. And so if you are feeling really alone at this time, I think it's really important. I actually have a group of people that I meet with in different ways. So fortunately I have a you know, really great relationship um, with, even with ups and downs with my wife and my children. And so you know, we see each other regularly, right now everyone's living together under one roof, so that helps. I have a brother that I turn to, he's overseas, but you know, every once a month or every couple of months, you know, he and I connect well and we talk about that. There's a Thursday morning group that I get together with. There's about eight men uh, who meet every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. And before we used to meet at someone's office before the start of the day. But today we meet through Microsoft Teams and Zoom and and we pray together. We read the scriptures together and we're very open. We talk about our frustration. Uh, There's a lot of uh, older people in that particular group and two of them have gone through a knee replacement surgery. And they shared about just their fears about going through all of that. And during COVID, you know, are they comfortable going into a hospital to get through all of that? And so just, I think it's really important to your point, Kevin, that uh, you need to find, if you're not part of one today, you know, find a group. Um, there are churches available, there are community groups that are available. And it's difficult to find people whom you can really trust, but it takes time. And it's a time commitment that you have to make And also, it's not, you don't just look at the group for yourself, but you also need to be, when you take uh, take part in an accountability group, whether it's just one with one other person, you always have to keep in mind, you know, what can I do for this person? It's not just what can you do for me? Because if you come with that attitude, I'll tell you, you will be disappointed. I don't care whether it's part of a church group or any other group. If you just go in to see what you can get out of it, I will guarantee you'll be disappointed. But if you go in to say, hey, I do want to be part of a group, but I also want to be there for other individuals, you'll find that mindset will help you. Okay.
0: Um, I noticed that part of your story, um, you talked about how um, sort of like, um, kind of sounds like either um, Christ for you or um, something spoke to you that kind of like interceded on your behalf to help you um, have this mindful of um, thankfulness. I was just wondering, um, I guess in the same vein as the earlier question um how do you um find your either yourself interested like do you find yourself interceding in other ways for other people or do you uh, or how how even does god continue to intercede on your behalf just because you kind of talked about like um like kind of i guess our own shortcomings but like you found sure. that like reflecting on that helps you like overcome that
1: yeah Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I do believe that God still speaks today to individuals. He speaks through the Bible. Mm -hmm. He speaks through other people. He speaks through circumstances that happen. And so, you know, another perspective you take is as I, for me, I do daily devotions and I may read one or two chapters a day. And when I read those chapters, um, I try try to be very mindful of, you know, what is God speaking to me through these words today? Okay. And sometimes there's some things that stand out immediately. And I'm like, wow, I really needed that word. Sometimes there's nothing there, but I just kind of continue on next day, next day, and so on. I'm also mindful that when other people speak to me, and it doesn't, by the way, it doesn't have to be Christians, okay? Mm-hmm. It can be anybody that I interact with, whether it's a stranger on the road, people I work with, my clients I work with. I'm also mindful of, you know, is there God trying to speak to me through these individuals when I have a question for them? And I also take the circumstances, whether it's good, whether it's a bad circumstances that, you know, enter into my life at that moment. I try to take something out of it to say, you know, what's God speaking to me about from this circumstance as well, too? So, you know, those are the three things I'm very mindful of, the fact that, that God speaks through uh, those three different ways. And just kind of keeping that in mind. Again, I'm not always mindful of it. I get you know, yeah. stuck in the moment and I'm doing things. and so that. So, again, I just don't want people to think that. I have this really high holy view of things <laughs> and things are perfectly fine that go well with me. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just, like I said, try to keep those things in mind and see if there's things I can learn from. Because I, I believe that we all need to be lifelong believers, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's faith-related or just educational. And that until the day I die, I hope that I never stop learning something, whether it's about mm-hmm. life in general, about something about me personal or just on, on an educational fact.
0: No, that, no, no. That that's even a great like a like a lifelong believer. I think that's even in like my own personal philosophy. I think um, the day that like you give up on kind of like learning either more Christian or non-Christian, um, either through your faith, who you are, um, like different purposes, like that's when more or less like you, you stop growing. Like, it's kind of like you're ending if you don't have that. Um, I guess like. Uh, I guess some people call it like eternal perspective or a long-term perspective of being an eternal student yes that's where you start um find finding a lot of like uh psychological shortfalls that could like really put you in a dark place especially in times of covid um I, I find um if you're not willing to even like be vulnerable like it's hard to be vulnerable in our society and like the way it is but um i think it Almost required um, with Christ, he, sh- uh, he shows us like how God works through the week, and that's where His power is mostly shown. So you know,
1: think- have you ever seen that Groundhog Day? You know, with Bill Murray. I know that's an old movie. Oh, you know, Maybe no, not I, for no, you. I, I, I watched it. <laughs> I was like, my teeth. <laughs> yeah. I think the minute you stop learning, you end up living the Groundhog Day, which is the every day mm-hmm. over and over again, and mm-hmm. and you live that life, you find yourself. Uh, feeling you know purposeless uh you don't find any joy in the things around you and what do you do you wake up you go to work you come home you eat dinner you watch tv you go to sleep you wake up you I mean it's just that's all that happens but I think if you find yourself um again being mindful of you know what more can I learn from all this experience what more can I do what more can I give uh, each day could become very different and more meaningful uh mm-hmm whether it's COVID-19, it could be COVID-20, COVID-21 in the next couple of years, whatever it may be, uh, you can overcome this if you have that mindset.
0: Okay. I guess um just on the topic of purpose, um, I guess um, in terms of, I guess, um, I'm glad that we have you because you have so much a uh, bundle of experience that you could uh, sh- share with our audience. I guess in terms of like finding purpose or like um, that, I guess it's like the act or the, the progress of finding either like God's purpose in your life or just like um one's own purpose. Like can you tell us a little bit about that? Um like how like even like during times of COVID nineteen, like how do you find yourself continuing to um have this um upbeat personality of like finding the joy of like learning yeah. and seeing new things in every day?
1: Yeah, you know uh <clears throat> finding purpose is so key I think uh mm-hmm. to ensure that you live a life with meaning. Um, I want to refer to another book that I read years ago. It's called The Purpose Driven Life. It was on the New York Times bestseller. Uh, It was written by a pastor. But believe it or not, I have met many people who are not of the Christian faith who got a lot out of that book. And it's sold over 30 million copies because it's not just, again, geared towards Christian. And I love what he said about the beginning. He starts the chapter off and he says, it's not about you. He just Brings it right into the open. It says it's not about you. If you can find purpose, it has to be outside of you. If you just keep focusing on yourself, believe me, it's very limited. It's, it's, um, you're going to find that it's just so limited in terms of uh, how much more you can do. And so I think the first step in finding purpose in your life, believe it or not, it's not about focusing on you first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, for me, it's focusing on God and his son, Jesus Christ. And so it's not about, okay, what's my purpose in my life? What can I do? It's, hey, God, what is your purpose for the world? And how do I fit into your purpose? And I think that's a whole different mindset from, hey, what's my purpose? Because although you think you, you are centering around, around God, think of where the pronoun is. It's me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're going to find something really meaningful, purpose needs to come outside and beyond you. And I think that's where it begins. And that's where it's begun for me. And that's what's driven me always. uh, And I know I'm going to sound a little bit geeky, uh, but I've always been about missions, mission statements, vision statements. I've Mm -hmm. translated that into my workplace. That's really helped me in my business. I've also taken that personally in terms of missions and and the vision. And it's always been beyond just me. And that's why I just want to encourage people. When you think about purpose in life, try going outside yourself. Um, And like I said, and if you get a chance for any of you who would like understand a little bit more about purpose it's a great book that book purpose-driven life uh written by rick warren he does not shove faith in your face i mean he's very open to the fact that he is a pastor he believes in god that jesus christ is the son of god uh but he does it in such a way such a broad and open way that people who are and i've given the gifts i've given that book as gifts to my many non-christian friends who've come back Mm -hmm. and said yeah i've gained and gleaned so much from this book and very helpful so that, that's one my, my comment for that is about purpose is to go outside yourself and not to be self centered in understanding what your purpose is.
0: I think, even in like um, as simple as it sounds, like going outside yourself, I still think that, um, like, if you truly sit down and think about it, that's truly like even a radical statement. Especially, um as you alluded to like we're very in a me focused uh society, and it's always like we have like um we're the mer- main character or the hero uh symptom where we always think we're the main person in the world story <laughs> the world revol- the sun revolves around us type of you so I think like even uh like that small self reflection and like going to uh, sources such as the book that you have given up is definitely a good resource i think christian or not that um i think just like that pursuit of knowledge um you should be open to um, many sources as well.
1: Yeah, let me I'll share a quick story. There's a psychologist who wrote an article years ago that I read, and he mm-hmm. was and he was dealing with people who are right now kind of struggling through depression and, and all of that. And he said he noted one day he, he had a patient, and she was waiting, and there were children in this room. Mm-hmm. And when she had walked into the room, she had come in a very depressed state. And then he noticed that as she started interacting with the children around her, that her just immediate um, – I guess, response to them and her, just her images, it just changed from one of depression to one of excitement, curiosity. And he said that he, he started noti- noticing that she started laughing and giggling and playing with them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when she came in to obviously see him, he brought that to her attention and said, I don't know if you noticed, but when you came in, you're, you look very depressed. And then when you focus on the children and playing with them and seeing and how you can, you know, make them laugh, your whole demeanor changed. Mm-hmm. And She said, really? And she didn't realize that. And then when he said, have you thought maybe the part of maybe the solution to dealing with your depression is to stop thinking about your depression and stop being in like, and this is not just the way just he he wasn't a Christian psychologist. Instead of just focusing on me, 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 because, you know, we are, like you said, we live in a very narcissistic society. It's all about me. I'm the hero. What's in it for me? Uh, but when you brought that to her attention, she had a hard time getting around that. And she said, the doctor, I can't do that because I, I just, I'm just too depressed. And he, and he was saying, well, it seemed like like the solution was right there in front of you, if you can take your focus on yourself. And so anyways, he, it was an interesting article in a psychology magazine that I read um, and how that can even help you as in the long term. But thinking of others first, it's, it's almost paradoxical. But by placing other people first, you end up helping yourself in the long term.
0: It's kind of like self-fulfilling prophecies, like you tell yourself you can't do anything and then everything you do, um, the end result is always you fulfilling, like, well, I can't do it, you already wrote the conclusion. Well, Young, I'd like to thank you very much for, um, thanks for joining us today um, and everyone who's gonna be watching this. Um, If you wanna know more about Elder Young, um, I guess you could uh, either contact us through um, The Last Table or um in the description below um, we'll have some um, follow-up information to the book um out i don't know if you have anywhere where you um people can find you um maybe <laughs> if you have any shout outs you'd like to
1: do for yourself yeah unfortunately <laughs> i'm not a i'm not a big uh, social media no i'm not competent in that area mm-hmm. but yeah if anyone reaches out to you then i'd be happy to take any questions or interact with people, but I just really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share a bit of my life with you and, and people who may be watching this.
0: No, definitely. Uh, thank you for joining us, especially during this time. I just hope this was, um, at least even if it was encouraging for one person uh, during these times, we just wanna um, share that with uh, anyone we can, any means why we can. So, um, Great. thank you for your time today. If, and if anyone is listening, if you have a story you'd like to share, please uh, DM us, uh, direct message, and let us know. And thank you for everything. So be safe and let's keep finding a good fight. And um, thank you for uh, your time today, young. Thank you. Okay, have a good one. Take care. Bye.